You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. The other part of the rankings, though, is because we didn't just do the starters. We did the, the right. backups as well. And I think that might be where people had some of the, the criticism, too, is well, you look at what they have in Washington, for instance, is the backups with McKissick, who's fantastic. And now, you know, you're super high on Brian Robinson as a third. Yep. You look at Tony Pollard in Dallas, how much of a home run threat he is and how effective he is in, in all facets uh, of being a, a weapon. Um, and then obviously the depth and, and breadth of running backs they have in Philadelphia. Yep. Um, I, I think that that might have been where people also were like, okay, we disagree that this running back is the best running back, but I think the depth is where people were, were a little surprised. Sure. What is it about Philadelphia's depth that you liked so much in comparison to, and not that the margins are big either. Like that's the other yeah. thing. I feel like these are very small margins. We're nitpicking, we're nitpicking, but what nits were picked uh, on the depth side of things for Washington and Dallas versus Philly. So again, when you watch uh, Gal- Gladwell, I can't say his name. Yeah. Gladwell, name? I believe is uh, Gladwell. Yeah. Is his name? So uh, he's the back. Uh, yeah, Kenneth Gainwell. Excuse me. Or sorry, he's Gainwell. the backup. Yeah, yeah. He's the backup running back there in Philly, and he's a fifth round draft pick, converted wide receiver, and his game has a lot of flavor of uh, of McKissick. You know what I mean? They use him in the pass game, screens, kind of angle routes, choice routes. He catches the football well, and I think the thing is like the margin of difference between him and McKissick as receivers is pretty big, right? Um, I think McKissick's much better. But he's a much more polished receiver, but also McKissick missed six games last year, right? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that right? Miss, I don't, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but he missed, he missed yeah. a fair chunk of games. Uh, yeah, five, six games last year, and this kid didn't miss any. And he seems to be kind of a rising star. He had the highest broken tackle percentage of any back in the division. So think about that for a second. So obviously, as he kind of progressed as the year went on, his his ability as a runner really spiked. You know what I mean? And then, obviously, he has the ability as a pass catcher, and he's their kick returner, he's their punt returner, so obviously very explosive, twitched-up kind of guy. And I think he's going to grow quite a bit. So here I'm kind of leaning on a projection a little bit for him based on numbers that he gave this year. Obviously, McKissick, I love McKissick. I think he's outstanding. I think um, he's uh, the best receiving back maybe in the NFL outside of Alvin Kamara, which I'm not – I'm not – that's not hyperbole. That's generally what the I the numbers think. back it up. I mean, we, yeah. we get the the release every week from the team um, with like all the stats and everything, and you know they always have a page on McKissick and you know like a little section of he's got this stat for this long whatever, and it's always like Camara McKissick, McKissick Camara, yeah. Camara McKissick, and you're like, how in the world is this dude on backup snaps comparing to Camara? But in the past game, he's right there. 
Yeah, he's a weapon, man. He's a mismatch weapon it, more than more than uh, Gainwell. Like he's he's more, but I do think Gainwell might grow into something mirroring McKissick. But from a pat as a runner, I think Gainwell is better. So you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. So it's kind of like it, either or, really. And after we do these rankings, after we did it, we're going to redo this. But I would probably put uh, Washington above Dallas, and we're going to talk about why in a little bit because I really like Tony Pollard. But we'll kind of get into that nitty gritty a little bit more. And again. And I just think the the huge ace in the hole here for Philadelphia is that their offensive line is just that good. Like you could almost put anybody back there, and it's going to make them better. It's going to make them look better. And now uh, Gainwell had some really messy runs that he made a lot out of, and he's breaking tackle, and he's doing some things. It's not magic, but it's solid running back play, and I think there's high high upside there. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, I'm, I'm banking more with him in the evaluation on the upside. And I, that's why he's higher ranked, I guess. So, so upon further review, you're still Philly one, because then, then I, by the way, Boston Scott's a good back. You haven't even mentioned him yet. Yeah, I haven't mentioned him yet. Yeah, and so I, again, I would probably put Washington higher, but I don't think the offensive lines is good. I think Gibson's fumbling issues a thing. McKissick's helps health 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 is a thing. Excuse me. And as much as I love Brian Robinson's film, and I love what he did during OTAs, he hasn't played down in the NFL yet. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to be lower. If that right. makes sense, and I think yeah. that, like, that's perfectly justified. Now, again, like, are those top three guys from Philadelphia as good as they are? Like, if you took, if you, this is kind of a funny thought experiment. If you took Washington's running backs and put them in Philadelphia, they right. would be the number one. They would be the number one back group in the. In okay, the, in so the that division. that's kind of the question, right? Is like if right. if you take just the backs you actually like Washington's talent overall better than Philadelphia's. But if you're going to take Philadelphia's running game, you like yes. it better because that includes the, the folks blocking. The, the folks blocking and also, like again, like having Hurts there allows them to do some different stuff from a run game standpoint, which is definitely relevant. Um, I know they try to do some of that stuff here, but they can't do it as well because they don't have hurts here you know who's maybe the second or third best rushing quarterback in the nfl at the moment so again those are important variables to consider like just from a talent standpoint yeah i like washington's backs a lot i like them a lot they, they do good things you know i mentioned some of the warts they all have right but again like behind that group in that offense that's a that's a scary gibson in that offense is a scary thought to me you know and I like Sanders a lot. I think, you know, I mentioned his ability to make people miss and break tackles, all those things. I think Gibson's upside's more. And I, and I think they do a good job of not over-pitching over guys up there. So, like, I think uh, I think Miles Sanders had, like, 175 yards, 175 attempts compared to 250-something for Gibson, 253. So, for a guy who's, like, got a muddled injury history, like, getting some of those touches off, I think, would be really advantageous for him. So, yeah, I, I know this That's is, like, That's why Robinson's where, here. Yes, right, exactly, exactly. Um, clean up on Isle's statistics. Uh, McKissick did miss six games last year, played 11. Yeah. Uh, but two years ago, he played all 16, right. had 110 targets in the past game, 80 catches. So it tells you how involved they want him in the offense. Um, let's, let's close the loop on Dallas real quick. Then I have one right. final question for you. What is it, upon further review with Pollard uh, and Zeke that, that you would take them and say, ah, actually, never mind. Let's, let's bump them down a spot behind Washington and still behind Philadelphia. Well, I think everyone looks at Pollard and they say, Oh, look at how productive he is. Look at this tremendous yards per carry. I think it's 5.5 yards per attempt, which is the highest in the division. 
But if you take out his one long run, which is the 58-yard run, it kind of falls back into kind of that 5-1 five, five range, which makes sense, right? So, And big runs are a little bit streaky. Like guys can't make big runs, if, if that makes sense. It's kind of a little bit of luck of the draw. Um, and so, I, again, I like what he brings. The thing about Pollard that was surprising in watching him is that I think he has big runs because Dallas game plans big runs for him. So, for example, I mentioned that they do a lot of stuff in between the tackles, like attacking the, the legs of the guards, right? Duo, tight zone, pop, like all this kind of power gap stuff inside the tackle box. And then when he's in the backfield, they game plan a run to get him outside of the tackle box. So the defense is expecting this. They kind of crowd around the line of scrimmage, and then they pounce it out. And so they are trying to find ways to get him to space, much like uh, the Atlanta does with Tevin Coleman, right? Everyone thinks, oh, Tevin Coleman's this big play running back. That's true because he's fast, but also he gets more opportunities to do it. Now, I like Pollard. I do. I like him a lot. But again, I think if he's just in an offense running plays, he's gonna his production's going to look very much like Gibson or McKissick or whatever, it's going to look very, it's going to normalize a little bit. He's not going to get these home run game plan. Like, for example, in a short yardage situation, I forget against which game this was, but they ran like a zone read with Ezekiel Elliott. You know what I mean? Like that's a game plan run for him to get him in space to make a big play. And so if you're not game planning big plays for him and he's just running it, like, what does this production actually look like is my right. question. He's just your average first and second down back. He's he's averaging 4.1 a carry. It's nothing special. He occasionally pops one because he's got great speed. But down in, down out, he's not necessarily okay. getting more than his block for. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And, and I think he, he's a good runner. He makes people miss. But I think if you were to say, who makes more people miss, him or Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders makes more people miss. Now, there's a caveat there that there's more consistent space in Philly's run game. There's more, so it's easier to make someone miss when you have a little bit of distance, right? And you're not running into this like phone booth of a hole, which is what Dallas wants to do. They want to kind of out physical you, get downhill, you know, cloud of dust, yeah, rah, rah, rah. Phillies, big running lanes, lots of space, getting guys on the edge. And it, led, it lets Sanders do a better job of making people miss because there's more space. So if you put Pollard in that offense, Maybe we're talking about Pollard in the same breath, but just based on the film and what I've seen, Sanders seems to have the best ability to set people up and make people miss, break tackles kind of across the board. He does it the most consistently. And again, it's hard to separate that from the scheme and the offensive line, but I would say that that would probably translate to multiple systems. It would be my guess. All right, so let's close on this thought. Uh, you mentioned the idea of like switching Washington's backs to Philly in that system, or like Gibson and Philly's system is scary. And to me, yeah. and to I think most people listening, they're like, "Well, how do we get that here?" Um, what <laughs> you know, if there is a way to more maximize Antonio Gibson, it seems like that's what Scott Turner and the rest of the staff should be focused on is is creating something that can get more out of him because he is such a vital part of this offense. What can they take and also what is just not really on the table because it doesn't right. match with the rest of 
Scott Turner's offensive scheme? So, man, that's a that's a really good question, and I gotta tread softly here. So I'm gonna tread as softly as I can. So one of the things they've done in Philly that's really good is they've gotten outstanding offensive line talent. Outstanding. Here in Washington, it kind of feels like they don't really care who's playing. They they feel like the scheme is gonna support who's ever there. But like you look across the board, you got uh, Mylotta playing left tackle. You've got a second round guard. You've got Kelsey, who's going to be a Hall of Fame center. You've got a 360, 70 pound right guard, and you've got Lane Johnson. And those guys like to mash people in the face. They're big. They're dancing bears. They get after people. It's hard to think of a more athletic bunch of large men that I've ever seen playing. Like that's I'm, that's not, I'm not being hyperbolic. That's totally 100% accurate, right? So again, like personnel, one, right? Scheme, they've got guys that fit that scheme really, really well. Like I mentioned the big bodies, like those guys can move people off the ball, but they also have this kind of interesting chess piece in Kelsey in the middle there who can run and get into space, pull, get out on screens. And so those big guards don't have to do that quite as much. They don't have that here in Washington, right? And also they do a great job with their number counts, Right? They're always finding ways to put the offensive line in advantageous positions for angles to the second level so they can stick on double teams. And one of the things that lets them do that is having a running quarterback. Right, It, it makes right. it easier to find those angles. Now, Kyle does that without a running quarterback, and he really game plans the hell out of people. You can tell there's an element of that in Philly, but it's not quite like the PhD level of Kyle Shanahan. It's because they have the quarterback who can run, it helps them with their angles. So in terms of things that they can do um one is personnel and again like that's depending on which team you're at that's going to be something that is um it's it, it some teams don't feel like they need to have elite offensive lines obviously that's something in philadelphia they felt like they need to do and also they got lucky they hit on my who was a seventh round guy who never played football before right like they they hit they have these kind of unusual players that hit every once in a while and to make a good group you need to do that occasionally right and then um, I think the running quarterback's a huge element. And then obviously um, I think th- th- there seems to be, in terms of targeting runs, just a little bit higher level of detail in Philadelphia than there is here. And again, like I think that cleans stuff up for the back when the, when the runs are targeted in a very clean way. Yeah, so I do think it's going to be interesting to watch this year Norwell and Turner and how the veterans at guard, because you mentioned noticing a difference in OTAs already, is like, there are details in this scheme that maybe we just haven't seen yet because yeah. the the level of execution because the lack of familiarity uh, was not there uh, and so with with Turner with Norwell coming in guys who have played in this system before that understand some of the nuances of it can create some better angles that will be a really fascinating storyline to watch this year how do those guys affect the overall run game? Not to mention the guys on either side of them, the tackles, the center, um, and how they're able to set those guys up for success and, and be in the meeting rooms and, and the trickle down there. So um, I'm I'm very curious to see. And, you know, obviously Carson's got a lot more snaps under his belt than Heineke did, not necessarily in the system, but does that right. help with some of the identification and, and alignment and all that kind of stuff? I don't know. I mean, you would have a little bit of, I'm sure in your notes somewhere, of how Taylor was it at, you know, assigning the run game and getting everything pointed in the right direction last year. But, uh, I mean, obviously Carson did it good enough for Jonathan Taylor to be in the MVP conversation <laughs> last year. So that had a lot more to do with Taylor, but it, it certainly doesn't hurt when your quarterback has that fundamental understanding. Yeah. I think, and the thing about this system here is the center calls it, 
so the quarterback doesn't do it. At least from at least from what I understand, it doesn't look like the the quarterback's calling those runs. Looks like Chase does it. That's why it's important to have a smart guy at the position. Chase, Wes Schweitzer, both very intelligent dudes. And so, again, like that's a difference in in the system here. And like depends on you know most most teams will have the 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 center call it. Or at least most teams I've been a part of. But there are quarterbacks that do it. Um, and I don't know how much. I think the thing where you see Carson Wentz's effect is on his ability to kind of move the pocket. And Taylor could do that too, but he, Carson can move the pocket and then throw the football deep down the field. It, it kind of layers the field differently, so you need to account for that in a different way. So I think that's where you'll see Carson Wentz's biggest effect on the, on the run game here is with the boots, with the kind of um, you know little zone read fakes because the defensive end needs to hold to make sure that the pocket isn't broken. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, uh, that'll do it for today's show. Uh, time for me to take a, a rest from talking because uh, the Hoffman Show debuts today at 3 o'clock. Ooh, boy. Uh, if you are listening to this before then, make sure you're tuned into the, to- the Team 980 at 3 o'clock. Uh, also, the podcast feed, if you're obviously, if you're listening, you're a podcast person. So if you're one of these people that would prefer to listen to the radio show on a time-adjusted your schedule, the podcast feed is in the works for that show. Uh, we will make sure to let you know when it is up and running. Uh, we'll be back for Take Command on Thursday. Not quite sure what we're doing yet, to be honest. So uh, I guess you'll have to just subscribe, <laughs> tune in, and find out. In the meantime, if you want to follow Logan on Instagram, at Logan underscore Paulson82, make sure you're following along the brand new Twitter feed for me, at Hoffman Show. Uh, with that, uh, thanks for listening. Again, subscribe if you have not. Leave us a rating and review as well. That helps us to make sure that we are getting out in front of the rest of the football fans out there who also, like you, would enjoy this podcast. That's it, and that's all for this edition of Take Command, and we'll see you on Thursday.